you always wanted to hear the hockey stories told from the press box? For your premier source of hockey prospect news from across the AHL, NCAA, Canadian Hockey League, and international leagues, this is your all-access pass to The Press Zone, a hockey podcast packed with news, analysis, interviews, and entertainment featured on AHLReport.com. Your hosts, Amy Johnson and Rick Stevens, are experienced, credentialed hockey reporters, bringing you stories built from strong connections throughout the hockey community and from inside rinks all across North America. Welcome to The Press Zone. That's right. Welcome to this week's episode of The Press Zone, The Press Zone Philadelphia. It's got a new ring to it. We're going to talk to you what uh, talk to you in a little bit about what exactly that means, but we're so glad that you're here with us today. Uh, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, uh, the lead correspondent here at the AHL Report, and I'm joined this week and every week by my fabulous co-host and the uh, founder here at Rocket Sports Media, Rick Stevens. And Rick, we've uh, we've got a show today that's just for Flyers fans, just for Phantoms fans. That's all, you know, That's it's all Flyers, all Phantoms all Philadelphia. What about Reading Royal fans? How about those guys? If the Reading Royals were playing hockey this season, we'd be talking to them too. But they're yeah, they're watching. They're they're interested. They they like the the Flyers organization. They do. Yeah, they want news too. We haven't forgotten you. This is the place to come. We're going to talk uh, at the end of the show. We're going to give you uh, kind of a uh, we've got some new exciting news. Uh, in regards to this podcast, the Press Zone, uh, and uh, I think. Flyers fans are going to be really excited about it because you're going to get uh, some information and a, and a product from us that is completely tailored to you and your love for the Flyers and their prospects. So uh, we're going to touch on that uh, later on. But um, boy, um, we've got a we've got quite a show. How, how we are, do? How are how how are you? I'm great, thanks. Uh, it was a good weekend and yeah. a good start to the week. Um, the really? uh, yeah. Yeah, in the uh, in our fantasy hockey, I uh, made a jump. I, I jump up to take over the d- division lead and uh, really? was victorious uh, against my uh, co-host, par- Canadians Connection co-host partner. It was the Battle of the Canadians Connection uh, uh, podcast hosts, and uh, I came out on top of that. Uh, a good would that week. be Joe Whalen? It would be your dear friend, my nemesis. <laughs> you <laughs> beat Joseph him, Whaling. I did. I did. Excellent. Uh huh. I approve. So you owe me a favor somewhere down the line. Well, I don't know about that. Mm. I'm not sure about that. It isn't how it works. I, I don't know. Mm. <laughs> this that would is, be nice. This is the press on Philadelphia. I'm not sure if it works that way in, around I here. I see. <laughs> yeah, I had, a, I had a decent fantasy hockey week. Um, my team has just been in the basement in our league for so long. But I um, instead of getting blown out completely this week, um, I actually lost by just one point. So... We'll see. Against the top seed, against the... Yeah, yeah Mike, Mike Rashel, yeah. Um just beat me by just a point. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm crawling my way up. From, as I said... But maybe I'm, that's the favor, because I was able to, with my good week, able to catch up um, to Mike Rashel. Maybe. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I, I'm, I've let all of the other managers in my division get comfortable, and now I'm going to surge ahead in the, in the second half of the season. 
That's a spirit. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it it is that time of year again. Um, bubble teams are making their final push for a bid while the top seeds are preparing for what they hope is a long run. Uh, and DraftKings is giving all customers a free shot at up to $100,000 in total prizes. All you have to do is head to the DraftKings app and make your picks. Download the DraftKings app, head to their free to play pools page and enter DraftKings free $100,000 tournament seating pool. Free to play pools are easy to play. I've played in one. All you have to do is make your picks for who you think will get a ticket into March's biggest tournament. If you have the most answers correct, you win. The bank is open. Plus, don't forget about golf's fifth major this weekend taking place in Florida, uh, where DraftKings will have even more money up for grabs. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to get a free shot at a share of $100,000 in total prizes with DraftKings Tournament Seating Pool. Again, that's promo code THPN to get a free shot at $100,000 in prizes only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And uh, Rick, I should say, you know, that promo code THPN, again, that's special code. And those special perks are coming to our listeners. Uh, thanks to our new partnership and affiliation with the Hockey Podcast Network. We're, we're proud to be uh, partnered with them and uh, happy to pass along great opportunities like this to our listeners. Um, more on the way. More on the way. So let's talk about what's on tap for today. In the first segment, we're going to talk about the Philadelphia Flyers. That's right. The orange and black is the center of discussion uh, in segment one. We'll talk a little bit about how the Fly Guys have been doing in the last week uh, and uh, – some exciting news for fans as well. Uh, then in the second segment, we're going to go down on the farm and talk about the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, um, where we've got some updates as to how their last couple of games have gone. And then this, you are not going to want to miss. Uh, we have an exclusive interview. Uh, Flyers forward prospect Isaac Ratcliffe is going to be joining us on the show in the second segment. And uh, Rick, we're going to talk to him about um, finally getting back on the ice in game action last week after such a long time off from uh, the COVID pause and then rehabbing uh, a rib injury and a punctured lung injury um, and talk a little bit about who his role models were growing up and talk about some of his former teammates and what it means to him to be working towards putting a Philadelphia Flyers jersey on. It's a great interview that that our listeners are not going to want to miss. Very mature young man. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. A great interview. Uh, and then finally, in our third segment, we go around the AHL, where we'll catch you up on some news happening around the American Hockey League. And uh, we've got a special feel-good finale this week to tell you a little bit about this exciting news that we have for you, Philadelphia Flyers fans, and this podcast, um, which we can't wait to tell you about. So you'll have to stick around for the third segment to hear about that. So kicking things off in segment number one, the Philadelphia Flyers, boy, has it been a week again. Uh, you know, it's they spent all of last week in Pittsburgh. God help them. <laughs> I, <laughs> I wouldn't wish that on anyone. Um, There's three road games in Pittsburgh. Uh, the first one didn't go so well. Second one went really well. They won the second one and was like, OK, they put they put some things together. Maybe, maybe if they can win on Saturday, they can walk out of Pittsburgh with four out of the six possible points. 
Well, it didn't exactly work that way. Um, And then they came home and played against the Washington Capitals on Sunday, and that was a dismal uh, affair. So not uh, not the greatest week, uh, only winning one of their past four games uh, in in the last week. And so, Rick, uh, you know, now Carter Hart has been has been decent. Brian Elliott has been good on his starts as well. Michael Roffle out with a hand injury right now. Lane Vigneault says he doesn't think that it's a fracture, but doesn't know when he'll be back in the lineup. Uh, so, you know, the interesting thing for me is Claude Giroux has been um, shifted to the center position for the last uh, couple of games, and and he's actually showing some spark of, of offensive production um, now that he's in center. Is that a coincidence? Is it captain stepping up uh, to the plate? I don't know, but I'd like to see it continue. That's for sure. Um, the top the top six, uh, Vigneault's really been kind of keeping steady. He's going to do that again tonight. Couturier li- Couturier's line and Hayes' line are going to stay exactly the same tonight. A little bit of shuffling uh, in, in the bottom six. Um, the defense has been kind of shuffling around here and there. Eric Gustafson still healthy scratch. Um, so they play the Sabres tonight. Rick, I think the big thing is, you know, a couple of weeks ago, they really capitalized on how much the, the Sabres have been struggling with those back-to-back three to three to nothing shutouts in Buffalo. Um, the Sabres are still struggling. And now they find out today that Jack Eichel will be out of the lineup tonight. And Elliot Friedman, you know, uh, thrown around some rumblings that it could be a long-term absence for Jack Eichel. Uh, so my guess would be to strike while the iron's hot for the Flyers to get to get momentum swinging back in their direction. Particularly on the power play. The, the Sabres, um, you know, are that tonic that, that uh, it, it might be uh, the time to get a struggling power play um, that seems to have gone cold uh, since the beginning of February. Um, get a bit of a spark in that, and and um, and and they have to have some answers. And whether it's Giroux having answers, uh, certainly Provorov when he was asked, um, what what needs to happen? Uh, what's the answer for the struggling power play? Um, he said, uh, that's a good question. <laughs> to be honest, I really don't have an answer for you. Um, Puck, more pucks on net, uh, be aggressive. How about score more goals? Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> oh, Provy. Yeah. You know, well, and and a lot of the players are saying things like they feel like it's, it's right there. They're just not finding the way to finish. The chances are there. The, the components are there. The structure is there. Um, but that they feel that it's, they're they're just on the cusp of it. Um, to me, you know, it's a good sign that Giroux, had, his stick has started to light up a little bit. Uh, we need to start seeing that happen on a consistent basis from guys like Travis Konechny, uh, Jake Voracek, um, Kevin Hayes. Uh, your veteran guys you're, that you depend on for offense need to start putting points on the board. Um you know, Joel Farabee has has been lights out so far this year and has really stepped up to the plate as a young player, but there's only so much Beezer can do. Um, 
you know, you've got uh, your your fourth line, Bunneman, Ruffles out. So you've you know you've got Bunneman, Nolan Patrick is down centering the fourth line now, and and Nick Albe Kubel. They're doing the best they can. Uh, Albe Kubel has had some moments of brilliance this this year, looking looking like he's got some some breakout potential. Uh, Nolan Patrick has had some struggles as of late, so I think they're getting close to putting the pieces together, and and maybe just maybe uh, another tilt against the Sabers could be as you say, the tonic to, to put everything together and maybe start a, a string of, of, of putting together some wins. But we'll see what happens tonight. Which they need because the Islanders, seven wins in their last 10. Washington, seven wins in their last 10. Pittsburgh, seven wins in their last 10. Um, so the, the, the Flyers are still there in a, in, a, in a playoff position if you look at points percentage. Uh, but they're they're they meet, need to make up uh, and win some of the games that they have in hand. Absolutely. Now you know, last week when they were in Pittsburgh was uh, the first time that you know Pittsburgh allowed fans back in the building. Uh, of course, some Flyers fans made sure to to be there in Pittsburgh to uh, to cheer on the orange and black. So Wells Fargo has reopened, I believe, to about 15% capacity, about 3,000 fans uh, starting this this past Sunday with Washington Capitals. They'll be there again tonight for the Sabres, and that's a big factor as well. Um, 3,000 fans is, is, no, it's not a full building, but you can certainly hear them, and you could hear them on Sunday because even though it was the first time they were allowed back in the building, oh, did the boo birds rain down on the flyers. Um, Fans let them know, you may not have seen us all season long, but we've been seeing you. (laughs) And we know that we are not happy with what we are seeing. So, Rick, it's... um, yeah, they they booed the the the, the flyers. They blew, booed the Capitals. They yelled "sucks" after every uh, uh, Capitals uh, player name was announced. Love Philly hockey. Uh, so Couturier said, "You know, just three thousand people, but they were pretty loud." That's right. <laughs> They're Philly fans. Come on. They're passionate. Let's 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 get it right here. Um, now, whether or not you agree with fans being back in the building, that's a whole other. That's a whole other story. There is obviously there are some fans who are absolutely stoked to get back in the building, and then there's plenty of people out there who are still very apprehensive about going and doing uh, things in public places with larger crowds. Um, there was a whole controversy in in Pittsburgh last last week that. Um, caused the Pittsburgh Penguins to put out an announcement that someone from their their marketing department had been severely reprimanded uh, because they tweeted out um, a picture of some of the fans in the crowd at PPG Paints Arena. And I, I'm sure with the best of intentions, but not thinking about the ramifications, uh, this marketing person for the Penguins... Um, Notice that two of the fans in the crowd had their masks pulled down below their chin, and so they photoshopped them back up over their nose. And someone else who had seen the original Getty photo noticed it and called them out on it on yeah. Twitter. Um, and so, and of course, I mean that's a big that that does not look good for the Penguins. Like no. they like somebody was trying to cover up the fact that fan, but. There's 3,000 fans in the building. You can't police them all every moment. And so there's going to be issues with with adherence to protocols, keeping everybody safe. Um, 
it's good news, but it's also kind of like makes me bite my nails even more. <laughs> now, now, one nice thing about uh, fans being back in the building and being back in Wells Fargo uh, was that they were able to acknowledge um, both um, uh, Nolan Patrick mm-hmm. and uh, and Lindblom being um, being back, uh, Oscar and and uh, and the struggles he's been through and right. and the long uh, injury rehab for uh, uh, Nolan Patrick and and. Uh, uh, his his migraine disorder. So um, fans were able to express their uh, appreciation uh, to having them back. Absolutely. And it had to have felt fantastic uh, for those players. And it'll feel fantastic when it's a full building and all of the fans can really uh, show their appreciation for the two of them battling their way back uh, to, to the ice. Um, and of course, Gritty is there. Gritty ha- Gritty's been there the whole time. Gritty has been fabulously entertaining uh in his little homemade living room gritty perch uh, that he's got there above the ice um and the flyers charities organization has a fantastic sweepstakes contest going on right now you'll remember a few weeks ago (laughs) gritty melted down social media when um They hired an artist who had a big canvas and easel set up on Gritty's platform during a game. And Gritty came out completely nude and laid on his couch and said, paint me like one of your French girls. And throughout the course of the Flyers game, this artist painted a, as nude as Gritty can be, I guess, a nude of Gritty lying in repose on his leather couch in the Wells Fargo Center. Well... It kind caused- of the George Costanza <laughs> thing, right? right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was the George Costanza portrait of the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, it was tremendous. It it was the talk of the NHL on social media. I mean, anytime Gritty has antics, everyone in the hockey world knows about it. Um, well, the Flyers Charities Organization have scooped up what is a fantastic opportunity. And for the first time, they're doing a sweepstakes contest where um, – you 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 know pay twenty bucks and you get let's say ten tickets or entries into a, a sweepstakes. Uh, all of the money for the entrance tickets, uh, of course, goes to Flyers Charities, and the winner when they do the drawing will win the original gritty nude painting, which I think would. Where do you put something? Like I was. That? Say, I think it's just a wonderful centerpiece above your mantle in your living room, don't you? conversation piece for cocktail parties family dinners okay family dinners yeah (laughs) i let me tell you what there is a flyers fan cave out there that that painting will take pride of place on the wall absolutely and uh i i can't wait to see it so head over to flyers charities uh i think it's flyerscharities.com and you can enter right there on the website if you want a shot at the gritty nude which who wouldn't it's gritty nude I mean, what more do you need to say? That's all the advertisement you need. (laughs) Speaking of advertisements, we're going to take a quick break. On the flip side of this uh, commercial message, we are going to talk about the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. And we've got an exclusive interview with Isaac Ratcliffe when he joins us on the show coming up next. So don't go anywhere. The Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. 
Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. Be sure to follow us on social media. Find us on Twitter at The AHL Report. Check out our original game photography on Instagram at AHL Report and watch our exclusive video interviews with players, coaches, and other notable hockey names on our YouTube channel at All Habs. Just remember to turn on notifications so that you never miss a video. The AHL Report, your premier source for Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and all American Hockey League news. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit AHLReport.com and click the Join Our Team tab at the top of the page today. And welcome back to The Press Zone Philadelphia right here on the AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. Uh, hey, are you following us on Twitter? If not, you should be. Uh, you can follow this podcast at The Press Zone, but also be sure you're following us at The Flyers Report. That is where you will get all of our live uh, game tweets for both Phantoms and Flyers games, as well as game recaps for the Phantoms and the Flyers, including post-game audio and video highlights highlights and stats and all of that good stuff. So be sure you're following at the press zone and at the Flyers report. Uh, in this segment, we are going to focus on the Lehigh Valley Phantoms who uh, are just motoring right along in their season. Uh, they've had a, a pretty full uh, week since we last met. Uh, they've played in Hershey. Uh, then um, they had, uh, they they also played on on Saturday as well, and they just played last night um, in uh, Wilkesbury. Uh, last Wednesday's game was significant uh, at the Giant Center in Hershey. Uh, they did win that game four to three, but it was a return to the lineup for Tyson Forster, who uh, had been sidelined with an injury for a little bit. But more importantly, uh, the season debut of Isaac Ratcliffe, who uh, finally got. Uh, healthy and was cleared to play and and returned to the lineup. He started out on the the fourth line with David Kasha and Tanner McMaster that night. Um, keep him. You, you'll remember Isaac Ratcliffe, of course, after after going through such a long layoff as they all did because of the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, just around New Year's uh, suffered uh, an injury uh, while he was skating Um which ended up being a, uh, a rib injury, a fractured rib that he didn't know at the time, but soon discovered also uh, caused a punctured lung, um, which is scary as anything. Uh, if you want to hear about 
that recovery, be sure you go to ahlreport.com and, and find the recap for uh, the March 3rd game against Hershey, where Isaac does talk uh, to the media in the post game about um, the injury and how scary it was and, and, and how he was able to physically recover from that. Um, but he was back in the lineup, even got on the, got on the, the scoreboard with an assist, um, so the the Phantoms uh, doing well there. Then, of course, after that, they had a uh, Saturday afternoon game on uh, this past Saturday where they also played the Bears again uh, in Hershey. And this time things didn't go so well. Uh, they actually dropped that one four to one. Uh, they did not look ready for that game at all. The Bears were all over them. Uh, and it was it was not uh, it was not an easy game for them. So they wanted to put that one in the rearview mirror as quickly as they could. That took them to a Monday night's game in Wilkesbury, and uh, for the first time this season, they managed to beat the Penguins, albeit in overtime last night. Again, it was a four to three win. Um, goals scored uh, last night by uh, Brennan Saulnier. Uh, Saulnier, he that is his first AHL goal, as well as. Garrett Wilson, Pascal LaBerge was back in the lineup. He had his second goal, and uh, Ryan Fitzgerald uh, scored the game winner. Um, so, Rick, it's been, uh, you know, the Phantoms are, are, like I said, they're motoring along at 6-2-2 two two on the season now. Uh, they're doing pretty well. Um, they've got uh, a couple more contests coming up this week. Uh, they play on Wednesday night. Um, and I know they play on Saturday as well, I believe. Um, and, uh, you know, Scott Gordon's got, they, there are games that they have their struggles, but they have gone to overtime six times already this season. I think that they've played, yeah, they've played 10 games and six of those they've gone to overtime. It's been, it's been nuts. Well, it's that close in the North Division. It is. Of seven teams in that division, only uh, Syracuse and Binghamton are struggling. The others are, uh, you said the the Phantom 6-2-2. Two, and two. Uh, The others are all jam-packed. Five teams, Hershey, Leia Valley, Utica, Rochester, uh, Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, all within percentage points of each other. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're, uh, yeah, they're, each game has been close and, and uh, looks like it's going to be uh, for, the, for the foreseeable future. It is. Now, you know, for the, for the Phantoms, they only have three opponents. Even though the division is big, they only have three opponents. That's Hershey, Wilkes-Barre, um, and Binghamton. So it's... it's they're getting they're getting quite chummy with those three teams. You can see that uh, tempers are starting to flare up. Those rivalries are really heating up again. Things are getting more physical. Uh, Zane McIntyre and Scott Gordon were absolutely livid last night at one goal that was allowed after there was a lot of activity in the crease uh, right around Zane McIntyre. Uh, there was a lot of close clips in the paint and things like that. So it's it's uh, it's. <laughs> It's turning into good old Pennsylvania rivalry hockey uh, in the AHL, and and fans have been enjoying it. Um, and we'll we'll see, and we certainly hope that the Phantoms can can keep the winning ways going. They're doing a great job. Um, but as I said, you know Isaac Ratcliffe back in back in the lineup, Rick. It's it was such a long uh, return to play for him, but. In his post-game media availability that first night last Wednesday, we're reminded about how impressed we've always been with how um, well-spoken and humble this young man is, but also that 
he's just got this fantastic, very mature attitude about the things that he needs to do to constantly improve himself and work his way to his ultimate goal, which is playing for the Philadelphia Flyers. And he understands that it's a, a process that um, is not measured by goals and assists, that uh, there's a, a, a list that he has to focus in on, and, and have, having attention to those details is uh, are things that he needs to check off rather than uh, the production at this point. And we've been so impressed with with his perspective and his outlook, we wanted to uh, spend a little time talking with him one-on-one. And so we invited Isaac to join us here on the Press Zone, and uh, he's going to do just that. Well, Rick, I'm happy to say that right now, uh, joining us here on the Press Zone for the first time, uh, and hopefully not the last time, uh, is uh, Philadelphia Flyers prospect and Lehigh Valley Phantoms forward, Isaac Ratcliffe. Uh, Isaac, thank you so much for taking some time out uh, in what I'm sure has been a busy week for you to join us here today. It's my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on. Well, we're great to have you. And this week was uh, rather momentous. There was uh, the Phantoms with a 4-3 victory over Hershey on Wednesday night. And uh, the different thing is that you were in the lineup. And uh, so I just want to, it's been a while, almost a year. Um, I wondered if you could talk about what it was like to be in the locker room again with the guys on the bench, on the ice, uh, getting contact, all of those kinds of things that you haven't had for a while. It was so exciting. I mean, I've spent a lot of time in Voorhees just uh, at the practice facility with the Flyers and um, slowly been getting back on the ice for the past little while and uh, trying to get my foot back in the water again. But it's it's been such a long road, a long recovery here since I guess it all started on New Year's Eve. But um, it's it's it was so exciting to finally get back on the ice and finally back playing again. But um it's it's definitely a different mindset once you get your head back into the game it wasn't something that's not something you can prepare for but uh once I got back out there it felt like home again I felt comfortable again and um everyone else out there um definitely helped me a lot to make sure I was I was uh, pushing in the right direction as well and um yeah like you said we came out on top that night so it was a good night you were uh certainly grinning from ear to ear uh, in the post game on Wednesday evening. You could tell how excited you were to be back on the ice. Um, and I know we've, we've talked about this before. So some of our listeners may recall us uh, talking, talking about this exact uh, topic uh, in, in terms of, of your progression, but you always come back to a very familiar phrase, um, which is quote unquote, the small details, uh, you know, You've you've told us on numerous occasions that for you, you're not so much concentrated on uh, how many points you put on the stat sheet, but but that you're more focused on developing and, and, and advancing the small details in your game. Can you can you first of all describe what those small details are and and also describe how you've you know how you've come to make that the focus of of your day-to-day development and 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 if that's always been a focus for you or has if you've transitioned to that more now that you turn pro yeah well i mean all those small details there's i mean various different parts of the game that you can focus on to try to improve but um the parts of my game that i've, I've had to focus on are of course my skating um 
little quick strides coming out of the corner, different situations like that. And uh, I mean, strength on the puck, protecting it on the wall, whether it's in the D zone or the offensive zone and uh, just being able to control the puck as well. I mean, make plays with it uh, again in the D zone, offensive zone, whether we're coming out or going in, uh, trying to get the puck to the net or keeping it away from our net. So it's been something I focused on for a long time. And I've had a lot of coaches who've um, kind of drilled that into my skull to make sure that, uh, I mean, I take care of the little details first and the big details will show because of that, you know, and um, again, when I, when I go back to it, uh, if I'm talking about small details in the offensive zone, whether it be protecting the puck or try to trying to get the puck to the net in any situation, um, again, those big details are going to show those, those stats are going to show on top of that. But I've had a lot of people kind of working on my side here um, throughout my whole life really trying to focus on those small aspects of my game to make sure that I'm doing the right things to, to get myself to the next level. And um, again, once I got up here with the flyers as well, those are, those are the things they're telling me as well. And uh, I, I kind of growing up, I've always been, I mean, a tall lanky kid and um, I've had to maybe work a little bit harder on a few extra things than, than some others would. And um, I've definitely been lucky to have, to kind of excel in other areas that maybe some others haven't because of my size as well. So again, when I go back to those small details, I get to focus on those little areas of my game to make sure that, you know what, I can, I can play a big man's game when it comes to playing in the corner or playing down low. But when it comes, I can play a, I mean, a small man's game when it's coming on the rush, I can control the puck a little bit more and um, I can bring so many different aspects of the game to to a new team that I'm coming to. So it's, it's exciting. It's exciting for me. And, um, and then in turn, I mean, it's exciting for fans too. And um, those things start to come together as well. I wonder if you can talk a, a little about that being a, a tall lanky kid, as you described uh, coming out of junior with a real unique kind of combination of size and puck skills. Uh, but then you get to last year, you get to the, the AHL put in a, a full season there and have to play, as you said, that big man's game. Can you can you talk about using your size in junior hockey versus what it's like uh, being a physical presence uh, in the pro ranks? Yeah, of course. Well, obviously, when you're playing in junior, um, I mean, my last year there, I was playing at 19 years old and playing against kids that are 16, 17, 18 years old as well, too. And I'm still going through puberty and, and all those things. But as soon as you jump up here, I mean, you're playing with guys that are uh, 25, 30, almost 35 and have kids at home, have families at home. And um, they've been through it for, I mean, 20 years playing pro hockey. And it's, it's crazy to think about as a young kid coming into that league. And it, it's hard to kind of know what's going to happen, know what's coming, but um I mean, for myself, when I was playing junior, I, I was always the biggest kid out there. and I could use my body to my advantage. I mean, I could just shield the puck and um, use my size, use my reach, and, and try to dominate a game in that way. But when it, when it comes to the pro ranks, guys are a lot bigger, guys are a lot stronger, guys are a lot faster. So adjusting to that level was definitely a struggle for me at the start of the year. But um, again, I still... I still am one of the biggest guys out there. So I still have to use that to my advantage as well. And uh, once I started to get comfortable with that last year, I noticed things starting to move in the right direction. And 
uh, coming into this year, I just have a lot more confidence knowing that I can make plays, that I can hold on to pucks, and that I can start doing some of those things that I was in junior and have that confidence that I did have back then and bring it to the pro level and, and show that I can do that, those things at this level as well. You know, it was, uh, it's been a, it's been a strange year for all of us since about this time last year with the pandemic and, and pauses in the, in, in hockey and the shutdowns and so forth. Um, and then of course, as you've said, New Year's Eve rolls around and unfortunately you sustain this injury that delays your return to the game even further. Um, so with, COVID protocols and all of those kinds of things in, in place kind of on the, on the more personal side, you know, what have you been doing uh, in your downtime uh, away from the rink and, and getting back to the game uh, just to kind of keep yourself going every day? What, what have you been filling your days with? Well, since uh, I guess, since I've been down here, I mean, I guess it's been a, a, since Christmas time or uh, around then since, uh, we came down here and started to prepare for the season that we knew we were getting back into it. I mean, it's been a lot of uh, really lounging around and trying to keep yourself busy. I mean, we're not trying to go anywhere that's too public where there's too many people around because of obviously because of COVID protocols. And that's the last thing we want to have to sit out for another two weeks. And um, so, I mean, we're, we still get together all the time. I mean, whether it's online gaming or whatnot, but um I mean, still trying to get together for some meals and stuff and small groups and uh, just kind of keep the spirits high and stuff and, and the energy high. And especially after sitting out for a year, you really get to appreciate the game a lot more. And um, it really gave us a chance to miss it and miss what it was all about. And even talking about the little details at some of those things that you miss, I mean, whether it's at the rink or outside the rink with friends. And um, I mean, the weather's starting to get, re- get pretty nice again here and, and, it's starting to go, the temperature's starting to go up again. So who knows? I mean, golf courses could start to open up. So when our, we got an <laughs> off day again, we have some, uh, some time to fill. It's um, there's, there's, there's a ton of things that we've, we've been doing to keep ourselves busy, but everyone's in uh, it seems everyone's in a little bit better spirits this year, knowing that we can uh, play hockey again. And after that uh, long time off, it's just exciting to be back out there and a lot of happy faces again, which is great to see. Well, maybe during uh, some of that downtime, you've been able to um, peek in on uh, one Nick Suzuki with the Montreal Canadiens and and the, the two of you are old hockey friends um, and kind of tied together uh, uh, growing up nearby, uh, playing uh, 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 minor hockey together, reunited uh, with Guelph. Um, so what, what, uh, what can you tell us about uh, your relationship with Nick Suzuki? Yeah, well, like you said, we, we kind of grew up together. I remember, I mean, the first time we met, it would have been, we were probably seven, seven, eight years old, maybe, and at a hockey rink, of course, and um, going on together. But even back then, it's insane because it's, you could see that same skill level then when we were seven years old to now. It's it's weird to say, but um the same things that he was doing in minor hockey, the same puck protection, the same skill set that he was showing back then is what he's doing now. And the fact that he makes it look so easy is something so spectacular too. And he's doing it against the best players in the world now, which is, it's so awesome to see. And he's had all the success and it's, it's definitely not a mistake. I mean, he's earned it all himself. And um, I mean, growing up, he was never a flashy guy or anything like that, or a guy that was going to, 
not necessarily stand out in, in, in front, but a guy that was going to make you notice him. He was a guy that was going to go out there and he was going to do exactly what he needed to do every night. And I mean, that's exactly what you want on your team. And um, yeah, Montreal is definitely really lucky to have him. And um, I think honestly, in the next couple of years, he's going to be one of the best players in the world. And that's not going to surprise very many people, I don't think. Well, and of course, the two of you formed a pretty deadly duo uh, with the Storm um, uh, in the Memorial Cup run. Um, the, I, I wonder if if you can um, just tell us who, as far as role models, maybe on the ice, off the ice, uh, outside of hockey, who were your uh, role models and, and the kind of the people that you look up to? Mm-hmm. Well, there's a ton of people. I mean, yeah, of course, you're going to, you're taking a lot of information from a lot of different people growing up as a, a young hockey player. But um, I mean, first of all, our, our skills and our, our hockey coach back home, our trainer, Dwayne Blay, he uh, kind of, he, he was the one who really shaped my game personally. I mean, I've been working with him since I was about nine years old as well. And um, he kind of taught me the fundamentals of hockey, everything that, from your stride all the way to your shot, all the way to how to act off the ice as well, too. And um, he was a guy that is that has kind of really shaped uh, my game, my personality through hockey. And um, there's plenty of other people, though. I mean, my parents, first of all, too, of course, they're going to be the ones who my mom was the one who taught me kind of I'm not a hockey player. I'm a person who plays hockey. So, I mean, mm-hmm. when I'm coming to the rink every day, you have to show that modesty and um, when you're talking to someone on the street, I mean, you're just another person as well, too. So it's it, there's a lot of people that have come in and shaped our lives, whether it's at the rink or at home. But um, again, once we once we take off that uh, hockey hat, we're just another person. So, I mean, we have to go out and act like that in a regular day as well. Did you have a favorite player growing up? Uh, yeah, my favorite player growing up was Rick Nash. And I guess that's a guy who kind of, I kind of modeled my game after a bit too, as well. I mean, he was a big guy as well. He had a tremendous skill set. He was a guy that could play both D zone and offensive zone. And um, I mean, his hands were unbelievable the way he protected the puck. And um, he scored uh, a lot of, a lot of pretty unbelievable goals as well, but he was reliable in his own end as well too. And um, that showed he's got, he had a lot of success because of it. I mean, whether it be uh, international, even NHL level too, but um, he was a guy that I always watched when I was growing up. So now that uh, hockey is back in session for you and you have, have joined the team on the ice and, and the season is going, what in general, just what are you most excited about for, for the remainder of this season and, and your, your, your goals for, for now to the end of this season? Well, of course, my goal is to play my first NHL hockey game. I mean, that's really all that's been on my mind for the past year, especially that we had that old time off. I mean, I just can't wait to kind of put on a Flyers jersey and be able to skate out on the ice and uh, compete against those guys. But for now, I mean, still building on those little details that I mentioned, I'm still trying to get better. I'm still a young kid. I'm still growing up. I'm still uh, still trying to improve my game as much as possible before I um make that step and um like I said all these people who are helping me out on my side know that as well too and they know exactly what stage I'm at and where they want me to be and they can see me progressing as well so it's uh there's a lot of things there's a lot of small details that I still need to work on and 
Um, again, I've only played one game too. So I just want to get comfortable back on the ice, back in a game situation and um, really feel like myself again. Excellent. Well, you know, uh, Scott Gordon did mention to to the media on, on Wednesday night that he thinks that you have a very bright future ahead of you. Uh, I think that uh, we can concur with that. And uh, <laughs> we certainly uh, can't thank you enough for taking a little bit of time uh, to, to chat with us here on the podcast today. I'm sure uh, Phantoms and Flyers fans are, are going to be very uh, excited to hear from you. And uh, we wish you the best of luck this season. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Well, I certainly uh, I can't express enough, first of all, how, how grateful we are for Isaac to take some time out of his busy schedule to to spend some time talking with us about, uh, you know, growing up with hockey and, and some of his his personal development goals and, and attitudes and, and how he's doing what he's doing. But uh, Rick, just what a what a really uh, well-mannered and down to earth young man. Polite, uh, very humble. And uh, I liked what he said about the values that his he, he credited his mom mm-hmm. uh, instilling in him that um, he's he's not a hockey player. He's a guy who just happens to play hockey. And when he <laughs> takes off his hockey hat, um, he has to uh, be a, a, a good person. I like his perspective of, you know, that he, in talking about the difference in using his physicality from junior to the pro ranks, that, um, that he's still even though he's playing against men now, he still uh, can and needs to play, as he puts it, the big man's game, the large man's game, but that he's also finessing the small man, the small guy's game at the same time. I like, I liked that segment. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very astute uh, analysis by Isaac Ratcliffe. And, and we thank him again uh, for joining us today. We're going to quit, take one last quick break. When we come back on the other side, we're uh, going to go around the AHL, give you some news from around the league and Our feel-good finale is all about uh, today's special episode of The Press Zone, which is focused all on the Philadelphia Flyers and uh, some exciting news that we've got just for you Flyers fans. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back right after this. For all the latest news, interviews, analysis, and commentary about the Laval Rocket, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and every other team in the American Hockey League, as well as information on prospects, junior hockey, and international hockey, head over to AHL.Report, the home of the AHL Report. Follow along on Twitter at the AHL Report for live game updates, ringside photography, game recaps, and articles containing exclusive audio and video of your favorite players. That's the AHL Report, proud partner of Rocket Sports Media, AHL.Report. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com The Press Zone is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. In addition to building a worldwide network of sports fans, the team at RSM is also dedicated to mobilizing the sports community in ways that make a difference in the lives of others. Giving back to the community bridges the gap between team affiliations. It's something any fan can support. 
RSM proudly provided support for organizations and projects like Hockey Fights Cancer, Five Hole for Food, the Montreal Canadiens Children's Foundations, Autism Speaks, Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, and the People of Canada Portrait Project, just to name a few. If you would like to be involved with a Rocket Power project or have a worthy fundraising initiative you'd like us to be part of, please contact us at rocketsportsmedia.com. And welcome back to the Press Zone right here on AHL Report and Rocket Sports Media. Once again, I'm your host, Amy Johnson, joined by my co-host, Rick Stevens. And in this segment, we go around the AHL and just give you a little bit of a peek inside of things that are happening around the American Hockey League. And of course, uh, we like to kick this segment off with the CCM AHL Player of the Week, uh, selected uh, by the American Hockey League for the week ending March 7th. Uh, and this week, it is Bakersfield Condors forward Cooper Morody, uh, who in three games last week, notched five goals and three assists, uh, moving to the top of the AHL scoring leaderboard. Um, that's, uh, that's pretty impressive. Uh, <laughs> eight points in three games. I, I, I'd, I'd call that a good week. I think so. And, uh, Bakersfield, of course, is a uh, affiliate of the Edmonton Oilers, uh, but uh, Cooper was originally selected by the Philadelphia Flyers in the sixth round of the 2015 NHL entry draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a Flyers prospect at one time. So I asked myself the question: How did he get from Philadelphia to Edmonton oh, here organization? We go. The odd thing. <laughs> Okay, nobody else is curious about this but, but me. But the odd thing is that um, Cooper Marodi going from Philadelphia to Edmonton involves Patrick Maroon and P.K. Subban. Whoa. Okay, the, now, well, now you have now, to explain. Now you're interested? So, um, all right. New Jersey sent uh, a third-round pick in 2019 to Edmonton for Patrick Maroon. Okay. Um, then Edmonton took that pick, that third round pick in 2019, and sent it to Philadelphia for Cooper Marody. Okay. But the rest of the, the story is that um, Philadelphia then sent a second and a third round pick to Nashville to move up in the draft right to the second round that second round pick that they got from nashville was actually new jersey's okay and that was the pick uh that went to nashville as as part of the pk suban trade i see when he went from new jersey to nashville and the flyers moving up um, from they had the 45th pick in the second round and they wanted to move up in the draft uh, to the 34th pick. And they used that 34th pick that they got to trade or to select Bobby Brink. Oh. So, yes, the Cooper Marodi trade 
taking him to to Edmonton um, in a roundabout way is how the Flyers were able to move up in the draft to select Bobby Brink. Wow. In 2019. And there you have trades with Rick. <laughs> it's always an adventure, almost as mu- as much of an adventure as now? our old segment. Where are they now? Which yeah. we'll we'll resurrect that at some point. Um, but congratulations to Cooper Marodi, CCM AHL Player of the Week. Um, you know he was an AHL All Star his rookie his rookie year two thousand eighteen and nineteen. Um, and in his one hundred and one career AHL contests with Bakersfield, he's got thirty three goals and sixty four assists. So. Uh, Pretty good start for his pro career, and uh, congratulations to Cooper Marodi. So let's quickly just talk about standings, take a quick look here to see how things are shaking out right now. Uh, in the Atlantic Division, the Providence Bruins have a pretty uh, staunch hold on on leading that division with 15 points. Uh, Hartford and Bridgeport have six points and four points, respectively, so it's going to take a lot of work for those two to catch up to Providence. Uh, the North Division, which is uh, a very large division, uh, Hershey is sitting at the top of that with Lehigh Valley nipping right on their heels uh, and followed up by Utica in third. The Canadian Division, um, now there's some up to five games disparity in how many games have been played by the Canadian teams. But right now with just eight games played, Stockton is currently winning uh, with Laval right behind them um, having played nine games. Um, Toronto and Manitoba have played 12 and 13 games respectively. So as, as Stockton, Laval and Belleville start to get more games in, those numbers are going to probably fluctuate. Uh, and then Rick, the uh, is there really any surprise at how the central division is shaping up at the top? I <laughs> know, uh, no. Uh, no, no. The Chicago Wolves still sitting up there with just uh, their eight two zero and one in the, on the season, but uh, the Texas Stars, Nikita Sherback's playing for the Texas Stars, uh, right behind them in second place. And in the Pacific Division, my goodness, uh, the Henderson Silver Knights are ten and one on the season. And 909 they, winning percentage. Yeah. They're just scorching the rest of their division. They are. They have a firm grasp on the lead in the Pacific Division. So uh, it's uh, it's it's looking pretty interesting right now. For if you look at if you look at the lead over uh, the league overall, Henderson, Chicago, Providence, Stockton, Hershey round out your top five for the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. They are sitting at seventh in the league. Uh, Laval is sitting 13th in the league uh, right now. So we'll see. Uh, March is very busy for all of these teams, and I imagine the standings are going to shift quite a bit, uh, even by next week when we reconvene. And hopefully we'll know something about the playoffs. At Maybe. Some, at some point. Maybe. Uh, we know What we do know is a starting date for next season. Yeah, I think that's weird. It is weird. It's uh, but th- th- it's been announced uh, that if everything goes as planned, the AHL opening night for the 2021-22 season will be the 15th of October. Okay. I think if anything if I've learned anything from the past year and it has been almost a year, uh, actually tomorrow night will be a year since the AHL shutdown. Um If we've learned anything, it's I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna mark October fifteenth in pen on my calendar. All right, let's just put it that way. 
pencil it's going to be. <laughs> but fingers crossed, we would love to have a, a regular season next year. Uh, finally, uh, we're going to, our feel-good finale this week is, is um, okay, we're going to be a little selfish and, and we're going to keep it home-based here. Um, the press zone, in case you haven't noticed from today's episode, uh, was completely tailored to you, our listener, and which team that we cover you love and follow the most. Um, the press zone, and before that, it's when it used to be called from the press box, we've always brought you full coverage of the Montreal Canadiens and Philadelphia Flyers organizations, their AHL affiliates, their prospects in the NCAA and junior hockey and, and potential draftees and so on and so forth. Um, but we've heard from our fans so much that not only they enjoy hearing all of and consuming all of this news about their favorite team, but it's just gotten to a point that there's so much to talk about. They want a little more. They do. And, and really there's so much for us to talk about, about prospects in the AHL in the Canadians organization. And so much to talk about, about the AHL and prospects in the flyers organization. We felt it wasn't fair to you to try to cram all of that in, into one our episode that covers both. So, Rick, what did we do? Well, we we kept at the press zone, except now we have two separate podcasts that will still come out every Tuesday called The Press Zone, but one is The Press Zone Montreal and one is The Press Zone Philadelphia. And that way fans can pick which podcast or if they like both teams, they can listen to both. Listen to both. But they can they can pick which podcast really suits them and their hockey passion. And that's what they get. The Press Zone Montreal, focusing on the all the prospects in the Montreal Canadiens organization. The Press Zone Philadelphia, similarly, focusing on all the prospects in the Flyers organization. Um, and uh, yes, the, the podcast will be tailored for you. Uh, you don't have to do anything uh, to get it. If, if, you, if you're subscribed... Um, you will get both podcasts in your feed. You choose right. which one you want to listen to or listen to them both. If you haven't subscribed, you find uh, the Press Zone, um, uh, the subscribe button on uh, this, whatever uh, app you're listening to, subscribe, and uh, and you will get two podcasts a week, maybe a little shorter than, uh, than the full uh, Press Zone podcast used to be, um, but uh, focused with a, a prime focus on, on your organization and uh, and delivered directly to you. That's right. So if you're a general hockey fan that just loves to consume all sorts of hockey news, you're going to choose to listen to both of the podcasts every week. But if you're a diehard Philly fan, you're going to get nothing but flyers and phantoms talk every single week on the press zone Philadelphia. And if you are a passionate Habs fan, go Habs go, then you're going to get nothing but Montreal Canadiens and Laval Rocket talk each and every week on the press zone Montreal. And so they'll both, as Rick says, they'll both show up in your feed. You just choose which one you want to listen to and you've got it right there. So we're really excited about it um, that our coverage is just expanding so much that we've got so much to tell you that we just can't pack it all into one episode. So um, we're pretty excited to be able to bring you two podcasts every Tuesday right here from the Press Zone. And don't worry, um, in each uh, of the uh, those two podcasts, there will still be an Around the AHL mm-hmm. uh, segment. So you'll get to, to know uh, and keep up on what's going on 
in the American Hockey League. That's right. We uh, we certainly wouldn't take that that away from you, uh, and we enjoy bringing that to you as well. Uh, so again, be sure you're following at the Press Zone on Twitter at the AHL Report on Twitter uh, for all of your uh, AHL information on the Laval Rocket, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, uh, and general AHL news. And uh, be sure to look out for uh, both podcasts coming out every Tuesday. Uh, we thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, there's lots of hockey coming up this week, so we'll have some great episodes for you next week. And we can't wait to see you back here on the at the Press Zone next week. Click subscribe to never miss an episode of The Press Zone on Rocket Sports Radio. Visit AHLReport.com for the latest news on hockey prospects.